0: guys, what is up? Coach Cheryl here from Fit Body Secrets, where my goal is to bring you guys inspiration, education, and a ton of action steps that you guys can be taking on your fitness journey. And today's episode is going to be all about stress. Um, I think that we often look at stress like it's a negative thing. Uh, we all have negative reactions to stress for the most part, but I want you guys to understand that stress is a very important part of, of life, that if we didn't have a reaction to stressors, we would never adapt to stressors and or have the reaction we need to prevent us from getting hurt. Um, So thinking about it this way, if you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off, the stress response that causes you to quickly react is what you need to prevent the car accident from happening. And so there are a lot of things that people don't understand about stress because it is often looked at Like it is a negative part of life. And for the most part, the way the majority of us live, we experience entirely too much stress um, or our reactions to stressors that aren't really meant to be that big of a deal end up being a lot bigger of a deal. For instance, going back to that car analogy, a lot of times people respond very similarly, similarly to the way that they would in that car situation as they would to getting an email at work saying that they have to work overtime. Uh, they might have that same feeling, that blood boiling, like high alert feeling that happens. Or if something happens and the boss comes in and, and wants to talk to you, now you're on high alert and high stress, like wondering what the conversation's going to be about. So today I want to talk to you guys all about stress. And I actually have written notes today because I've just been really like diving in um, a little bit about some things and, and honestly, I've like really wanted to talk a lot about how training and nutrition and all these things are actually stress is a part of the process and have a lot of things that I want to kind of cover because stress is like a huge topic and I'm not going to go down all the different rabbit holes, but kind of want to make sure that I'm laying the foundations so that as I'm getting into the training and the nutrition aspect of things that you guys understand where it's all coming from. So first thing that I want to talk to you guys about is what exactly is stress? And it's, it's really the stress response that we're, we're looking to actually identify here. Stress is our body's natural reaction to a perceived threat. Like, once again, going back to the car analogy, you get cut off and you're worried about getting into a car accident, your body is going to tense up because you're afraid of getting hit. Uh, Or if somebody's about to punch you in the stomach, you tense up. That is a stress response. Uh, But there's also different types of stress. And, you know, so that stress of, of, of a physical threat, there's also emotional and mental stress. So, emotional stress of like, the feelings of guilt of you know, letting a friend down or things like that can create stress and anxiety and things like that. So we've got different types of stress. We've got emotional and mental stress. We've also got physical and physiological stressors. So our emotional and our mental stressors are gonna be like you know, the, the pressure of being an athlete. So before a competition, a lot of athletes are gonna get a lot of mo- mental and emotional stress uh, because they're about to compete and it's the pressure of performance and, and the, not, the unknown that can be kind of scary some physical or physiological stressors could be, like I said, the car accident, maybe a dog starts barking and starts chasing you. Um, you know, maybe you see a, a spider in your bed and you you're get that fear of like getting bit by a spider. Like there are a bunch of different things that we can talk about, about physical stress. Uh, workout is a physical stress, which we're going to get more into as we get going. And then outside of those different types of stress, we've also got acute and chronic stress. So acute stress is, like I said, once again, that high alert about to get into a car accident. Um, And there can actually be episodial acute stressors. So these are things that happen frequently throughout the day. So um, I guess when I'm trying to think of a good example of this would be maybe you are, maybe you work at a restaurant and uh, you're like a server and you have periods of time where like, there's nobody coming in the restaurant and you're like wiping down the tables and things like that. And there's other times where maybe all of a sudden it gets really, really busy and there's people coming in everywhere and you don't have enough people. Maybe you're short-handed and you're stressed out. Those are episodial stressors that might happen frequently throughout the day, you know, or, you know, if you are training multiple times a day, that's episodial stressors, chronic stressors are things that happen almost in a, I, I want to say a less extreme, uh, case. You, I mean, they can happen in a very extreme case, but more so they're happening, pretty much constantly throughout our day to day, like a chronic stressor would be chronic sleep deprivation. I'd say chronic stressor, um, chronic stress would be maybe we'll go to nutrition, but like staying in a calorie deficit for a very, very long period of time, years and years and years causes a chronic stress adaptation. Um, and I really wanted to kind of break those things down to you as I started using the word adaptation, because that is essentially what is happening when we are exposed to stress and we react to it our body is essentially trying to troubleshoot whatever's going on and it's trying to adapt to it. So I think a lot of us are very aware of a lot of the negative repercussions of too much stress in our life. You know, uh, We see people having you know, bad blood biomarkers, heart conditions, things like that. Uh, we also see maybe downregulation of hormones from too much stress. We see um, you know, just a lot of negative things. Some people like lose their hairs. So they're seeing that their systems are starting to shut down. Even just a general, overall, like feeling of being unwell. Maybe you're getting some depression, some anxiety, mental health stuff. There's so many things that we see as a negative. And going into how people will often be like, "Oh, I'm gaining weight in my midsection because my cortisol levels are high, and now I'm gaining belly fat." We talk about all these different things that happen on a negative aspect of stress. But, and and I could go into all the things that we should be doing to help ourselves with stress. You know, meaning like, well, maybe we should try and sleep more. Maybe we should try and do these things. But Today, what I want to kind of talk about is that not all stress is negative. And in fact, I really don't think any stress is negative. It's just understanding that we only have so much resources available to us to be able to adapt to that stress and figuring out what your body can tolerate is what we need to kind of figure out to make you more effectively be able to use stress to your advantage in your life. You know, like. People will adapt over time to chronic sleep deprivation. So over time, they probably will not feel as tired going on six hours of sleep a night. You know, in the beginning, that might've felt very difficult. Now I'm not saying there's not going to be other, that the adaptations to that are always going to be positive, but the overall general feelings of it might get a little bit more comfortable because we all know that there are some negative repercussions to lack of sleep, lack of calories in the diet too much calories in the diet, all those different things. So today I want to talk to you guys primarily about what most of you guys follow me for, which is like, Hey, Cheryl, like I want to get lean. I want to get shredded. I want to get fit. I want to perform better. I want to build some muscle. I I need you to help me figure this stuff out. And I'm going to talk to you guys today about how stress is important to you actually changing body composition, changing fitness, building muscle and all those typical, typical things. So Uh, When it comes to body composition goals and, you know, body focus goals, I feel like there's probably four main categories and kind of a category that kind of maybe intertwines a couple of those things. Most people are looking to build muscle. They're looking to lose some belly fat or lose body fat. They're looking to improve their fitness level uh, or they're looking to improve health biomarkers. And like I said, sometimes it might be a combination of those things. However, sometimes they don't all ever correlate. So some people might be looking to improve health markers, but don't really care about their fitness or their building muscle potential. They just want to be healthy. Um, and sometimes they have to do those things to get healthier, but they're not really their primary goal. Others really want to compete in the sport of CrossFit and they really want to get fitter, but they also want to look good. So there's different things that can kind of carry over, but anyways, I want to get off a tangent. There. Let's just kind of talk more about the um, these perceived goals. And primarily I'm going to talk about, um, building muscle and improving fitness. And then also like losing belly fat and improving, uh, health biomarkers. So I think they kind of like those kind of two kind of categorize themselves in similar ways, because I do think that most people that have to improve their health biomarkers usually are carrying around too much body fat. So usually body fat is the, or usually the the habits are correlation to what's going on with their health markers. But in reality, it's usually just the excess belly fat or excess body fat. I keep saying belly fat, excess body fat that is often causing some of those things to happen. And that by just increasing or decreasing body fat, we will see those markers get better. And to do that, we have to improve the health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, so let's start by talking about I want to build muscle. I want to build some muscle. And ladies, if this is you, I'm not talking about getting bulky. I'm talking about like you actually want to see more than just skin on bone. You want to actually see some rippling in your, in your definition, in your, in your bustle. So this is like the get toned, but it is also for the guys who are like, I want to get bigger. And I'm going to start by talking to you guys about how building muscle takes a very long time. So, uh, and this is the best analogy. And I love analogies because I think it's easier to visualize. I'm a visual person is I, I always like to bring up the climbing rope at a CrossFit gym because it's got like these two big braids, and they kind of twine them up. And then on those two pieces of twine, there's a bunch of thin little strands. And I want you guys to think about those little strands, like as you're like muscle fibers and imagine like you're putting on one muscle fiber every like two months. Okay. Like it's a very small amount of muscle we're putting on naturally. Now, some people have a little bit more genetic genetic potential to put on more muscle than others, but it's still minimal. You're not going to see a big change from person to person if they're a natural athlete, but in order to build muscle. Okay. You just kind of split my page here. Cause I want to make sure I have the right one open. Um, cause so I just had a couple of notes that I wanted to make sure I go over. Okay. In order to build muscle, we have to have a stress. We have to have a stressor imposed on the muscle that stressor signals the body to adapt. So, and that stressor has to be higher than was previously placed on the muscle or the previous demands of the muscle. So this is where those of you guys that are looking to build muscle and you're going to the gym and you might be lifting, but you're not lifting heavy enough weights or enough reps to in- impose a stressor that is greater than what you've typically done. So if you're doing five by five back squats and you're never increasing load, you're just going in there and you're staying comfortable with the same weight every single week, you're not ever overloading the muscle groups to teach them like, hey, I have a higher stress than I've had before. I need to go ahead and add some more muscle tissue, some more mass to support this heavier, heavier training. There's also a central nervous system adaptation that happens there to build muscle. So like the mental thought of like, okay, this weight's a little bit heavier also signals the body for things. There's a lot of things that people don't understand. They think that they're so separate, like our our body and our mind are separate and they very much work together. So in order to build muscle, we have to have an overload of that muscle group to facilitate muscle growth. From there, we have the tension placed in the muscle, the muscle breakdown happens, the damage happens, and then the repair happens. So this is where that adaptation piece happens. I think people also focus a lot on the stress, AKA the training, but they don't think about the adaptation from the stress. And this is where people that aren't prioritizing recovery, rest, uh, deload weeks, and things like that, they're never giving their body a chance to adapt. So they're always stressing the, stressing it, stressing it, stressing it, stressing it. They're getting these demands. They're never getting the periods of time where it's like, okay, now it's build. So that we have more tissue, more muscle to support the next block of training. And this is where a lot of progressive overload based programs will program in periodic deload weeks. Every person, I don't believe that this should be, and I'll be honest, I don't believe in there being a deload week. That's the same for everybody because most of our lifestyles are very different. I can handle a lot more volume for a lot more weeks before needing a deload week. I've been training though for 12 years competitively. And before that, I was training for another 12 years between soccer and, and fitness and things like that. But I feel like everybody's going to have a different tolerance to volume and a different tolerance to stress, which is where adaptations happen, right? So there's, that's one big um, training adaptation that you guys can think about with stress. So stress is not a bad thing. Training stress is going to get you fitter. This also happens with improved fitness, cardiovascularly, endurance, and stamina-wise. Because if you're always running, just randomly running by how you feel, you're never placing an added stressor on the body. If you are running 400s in two minutes and you're doing that every single week for two minutes and with the same amount of rest period and all that kind of stuff, your body is going to kind of just get consistent and complacent there. Whereas if you're like, I'm going to try and run the first three next week at Minute and 50 seconds, and now you're trying to increase stress. There, you're not going to always be able to maintain that, right? You have to kind of push the limits a little bit, and this is where we can kind of get into a fine line of like overtraining and overreaching and all that kinds of stuff because you do need to stress the body in order to adapt. However, you have to make sure that you can handle the amount of stress, and this is where outside factors play a factor. You have to look at your other areas of life. Are you always going from go, 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 and never giving your body any downtime. And you know that because I know it, like we feel when we're not recovering from the stress of life, we start to see, you know, that we, you know, we're, we're moody. We're just, we're irritable. We're tired. We're, We're, we're tired, but we also can't sleep. There's a lot of other things that happen, but bottom line is we need, these are positive stressors. So training is a positive stress. Too much training can become a negative stressor. So other things that I, I are kind of a flip side of training, this is, this is not to do with building muscle, but some of the other adaptations that can happen with imposed specific stress of training is that training, workouts, exercise have also been shown to improve our, our, our uh, reaction to stressors of our day-to-day life. So for instance, a lot of people talk about how training is their like mental health, because they know that when they train regularly, that they're actually getting a little bit of anxiety or a relief from the stress of day-to-day life. So in fact, imposing the stress of training can actually help improve our reaction to the stress of our daily life. It can actually become a de-stressor for one reason, because it also reduces some endorphins, some neurotransmitters that are the feel-good hormone. So the, the runner's high, quote unquote, we call it. Um, but also it improves our resiliency to stress. So when we are actually, so CrossFitters, I will be honest. I think CrossFitters are some of the most resilient athletes in the world to training to stress. I think that we can handle so much more in our life because of how much training stress we put on our bodies. I think women in particular, no plug, no, no defense, all the guys out there. Also have a higher tolerance to stress from being a mother and having to carry a child and and all of these different things. So like so, understand basically that I want to understand is that yes, we need this the stress of training to adapt. We have to impose that stress, but also training stress helps improve our reaction and our ability to handle the stress of day to day life if the balance is in the right ratio. And when I say if the balance is in the right ratio. I don't mean that they're always going to be balanced. It's just that we're always kind of petering on which side is getting more of our focus. So that's a little bit about the training adaptations. Now that you know how to build muscle, AKA we have to have some progressive overloading. So if you're always using the same weights, you're always doing the same type of workouts. You're never getting any progressive overloading. You're never increasing weights on the workouts. Every time you see a clean and jerk on the board, you always go to 65 pounds, regardless if it's for 30 reps or if it's for 10 reps it's time to start making some improvements in your ability to push those limits a little bit. It's finding that capability in yourself to say, I'm going to go for 70 pounds for this many reps today. I'm going to change it to this, this type of a workout, whatever that looks like to you. So that's how we're going to grow our muscle. Now, on the flip side of things, before I go into the next set of stages, make sure that you're also taken away from this, that we have to be able to recover from the stress of training. That means nutrition should be prioritized, that we're getting in enough quality calories, that we're getting in enough protein and enough carbohydrates, and that we're getting in enough decompression time, getting in enough parasympathetic nervous system uh, recruitment, which is if you guys wear a whoop strap or anything else, we're looking at balancing that central nervous system out or that autonomic nervous system out between those two things. So Stress is going to be more sympathetic in nature, AKA fight or flight, just like the stress of life. And then our parasympathetic is going to be our rest and digest, our ability to take in calories, recover, and also sleep and react, relax, and all those types of things. So make sure that you are balancing things out there. Now I'm going to talk about the other side of body composition as well. So building muscle. And then now we're talking about building muscle and getting fitter, we'll kind of call it. And then we're going to call it, um, which I believe are kind of both anabolic in nature, or like growing. And now we're talking about like build or losing body fat and improving those blood biomarkers and things like that. So yes, obviously training is going to improve your, uh, health markers as well. So cardiovascular training and things like that can naturally bring those things down, but also getting your body, uh, body composition in check in terms of your body fat percentage is going to help it as well. So losing fat, fat loss does require stress on the body. So when we put our body into a calorie deficit, which is what we need in order to create a change in our body weight or change in our body fat percentage. So I don't care what anybody says, all the dietary protocols out there in the world, the reason that they cause you to lose weight is because they put you in a calorie deficit. doesn't matter if it's keto, low carb, high carb, macros, Atkins, whatever, planetarian, vegetarian, all that shit. All of it. If you lose weight on a diet, it's not the diet, it's the calorie deficit. And that, that dietary protocol is what you use in order to get you to where you want to be. So it's what, it's what worked for you to create that calorie deficit, but being in a calorie deficit is a stressor on the body. This is a needed stress in order to adapt by releasing body fat. So basically our energy comes from two places and the primary place is going to be glucose glycogen storages so in our muscles that is taken in from the calories that we ingest. And then in a secondary place, it's going to be from our fat storage or our fat cells. Now, this is where things get tricky because people often are like, Oh, well, if I just cut calories more, then I'll start to release more fat cells. Right. It doesn't always work that way. And I'm going to kind of go down a rabbit hole with that. So I'm going to put that on pause for a second and talk about the basics Here is that calorie deficits do cause a stress on the body that requires an adaptation. So when we're in a calorie deficit and our body has less energy available from food, it is going to look for other sources of energy. So it's going to first look to protein and muscle. If there is a lack of protein being ingested and a lack of overload in the training, if those two things are in check, it knows we need to preserve muscle. So it's then going to go to fat storage, which is why training is so important for those of you guys in a fat loss phase making sure that you're getting enough muscle building potential workouts. Um, but it's going to then release st- those stored energy from those fat cells. And the fat gets, well, fat cells don't really, we don't ever lose them. They just shrink and shrivel up. Um, and that's how stress from a calorie deficit will cause us to lose weight. Now, just like training stress, when you're under load exertion, you're going to get those feelings like, Oh my God, this is hard. Right. It's the same thing with a calorie deficit. You are going to have times where you're like, I'm hungry. I want to eat. I don't really want to go for a walk right now because I'm tired because I don't have enough energy available. Um, Those are natural adaptations to lower stress. That is your body's way of adapting. So people talk about, oh my God, I'm I'm going into starvation mode and metabolic adaptation. That is not a negative thing. That is your body's way of troubleshooting a lack of energy. You are trying to stress the body out by saying, no, fuck you. I want to lose body fat and I'm going to keep pushing. And I'm going to stay a little bit hungry because I want to lose body fat. And we all know when we're in a slight calorie deficit, I think we all know that we get a little hungry. We get a little lightheaded. We, we are actually having to think a little bit more about what we're doing. That's, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole about how that can go. I keep saying rabbit hole. Why am I saying that? I don't even I don't even know what a rabbit hole looks like. Do rabbits even live in a hole? I don't even know. Anyway, so but what I'm trying to say is that um we need those we need those adaptations to happen. That's how our body preserves energy for the necessary things that we need to do to live our life, you know, and this is why oftentimes when people have been overtraining or not eating enough, women will see a loss of, you know, their their period, they're going to see changes in their hormone levels, guys. We'll see a lowering in testosterone and things like that. So, we need a calorie deficit to create fat loss. And then our body adapts that fat loss or that calorie deficit by two ways. One is the adaptation that happens in lowering in our activity, which is what I wanted to go into. And then number two is we release stored body fat. So as I was kind of wanted to circle back around to what I was saying before is, the calorie deficit stress is so tricky because as you feed your body less energy, your body starts to burn less energy. So we don't even realize it's happening. It's, it's, it's almost like it's so, it's, it's like when you like I, I like using the cold pool analogy. You get in the pool, you forget it was cold after you've been in it for five minutes because you are no longer cold. Your body does the same thing. So if you've got a thousand calories and your body's trying to troubleshoot pumping blood, breathing air, reproductive system, digestion um, and then workouts and then non-exercise activity, it's going to find sneaky ways where it can conserve energy. So sometimes it's like right now I'm using my hands to talk. You might stop using your hands to talk. You might sit a little lower in your chair. So you're not engaging your core as much. You might talk a little softer. You might blink a little less. Um, you might not even realize you're doing this subconsciously, but you might really look for that closer parking spot. And you might circle around a few extra times. Whereas maybe last week you were like, I don't care. I'll park in the way back because I just want to get in and get out. Um, maybe you spend less time warming up because you're trying to hurry up and get in and get out of the gym. Maybe you're less motivated in the gym because you don't just want to get in and get out. You're trying to find sneaky ways to burn less calories. Digestion will typically slow down a little bit. So our job in creating this stressor is that we have to know the right dosage of exposure to the stress. To be able to experience those changes as, as a good, a good, a good analogy here is imagine you're on like an assault bike and you're pushing like 60 to 65 RPMs and you're starting to get tired and you're going down to 57, 50 and you're like, Oh, I got to pick it back up again. Right. Or you're falling asleep at the wheel and you got to wake back up. You have to keep pulling yourself back in there. You have to kind of force activity to stay consistent. Maybe you're forcing a little bit more. You're overshooting a little bit because you want to create the need for your body to say, all right, she's not stopping. I'm going to have to release some of this stored energy. It's got to have those signals. So that is where stress is going to help you guys with body composition. So now these are a lot of the positives of, of stress. Right. And I, and I also want to make sure that I'm also talking about how this can become, this is how I want to kind of end. This is like Cause I, I, I really wanted this to be about a positive side of stress. I want you guys to understand that you guys need stress. And I, I know that fat loss is hard. I know that like being in a calorie deficit can suck sometimes. I know that like, it sucks when the scale is slowing down. I'm like, you got to start walking more. You got to start moving more, but I also know what you guys' goals are. And if you want to, if you want to see strength gains, you're going to have to find movements that you feel comfortable pushing yourselves. And for a lot of CrossFitters, that might mean doing some more isolation-based movements because you're not comfortable doing heavy compound movements for a lot of loading. Now, don't, realize, don't remove them altogether. We need those for the central nervous system recruitment. But there's also a lot of negative things that we want to kind of watch out for as well, right? Because as I said, training and, and obviously trying to lose fat or trying to build muscle and trying to burn body fat are both stressors that are working in very negative or uh, very negative, very different ways. One is anabolic. We're trying to build one is catabolic. We're trying to lose, but you have to look at all the other stressors in your life as well. And understanding that like, you can't do too much for too long. So that's why in training, we have to take deloads. We have to take periodic breaks. Otherwise our body will start to break down with negative adaptations. We will negatively adapt to that stress by like starting to have joint pain, starting to feel more inflamed in our day, starting to like have mood issues. Maybe we are getting a a really like a lot of hunger, like a loss of appetite. Um, And then just like with our calorie deficit, maybe we're seeing changes in hormones, changes in appetite, changes in our mood and our changes in our sleep, a bunch of other things, changes in all kinds of things that can happen that can be negative as well. So we have to know that right dosage for us And then understand that like, also there are other stresses on the body that we might not realize that are happening because we're not doing the things that we should be doing to stress our body out. So meaning like living a very sedentary life, if you don't move throughout your day, you know, even if you do work out once a day, three times a week, if you're not doing anything else throughout your day, you're living a very sedentary life. You're not giving your body an opportunity to get those good, feel good endorphins. And if you're eating in a calorie surplus, cause you're not moving enough to support the amount of calories that you want to ingest, putting on excess excess body fat becomes a stressor on the body. I mean, I know that some of you guys out there are overweight. You can understand that you feel like you're carrying around a 15 to 20 pound weight vest because you technically are, that's an added stressor on the body. Now also on the flip side, of that is, as you lose weight, you're going to have less stress in the body. So that's often why we need less calories when we are weighing less. So A little bit of a longer, kind of a wordy thing about stress guys, because I wanted to really hone in on the importance of understanding how stress is not necessarily a negative or a positive. It is necessary. Stress is necessary because we have to be able to adapt to stress of life in order to make improvements everywhere in our life. You know, even, even stress and work, we, we start to become more resilient to things. Like we start to get better about handling things. We need to be able to handle more stress. It's just knowing that there's always going to be that fine line of too much stress. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you guys and uh, stay tuned for more to come. I'm having a blast and uh, just kind of in a good place mentally. It's actually like my vacation week. I've taken May 24th through June 6th off. Uh, I'm still doing a little bit of work like this and checking at my clients once a week, but really wanted to be able to take some time. Honestly, guys, because just like I'm talking about stress here, I love what I do, but it's still stressful and we all need to take time out and I needed to take some time to be able to slow down a little bit to start to process some things that I haven't been processing and getting some things done that I've been putting off because I couldn't handle the added stress of those things while handling the stress of my day-to-day. So taking a little bit of a break to kind of manage my stress the way I felt best for me. So anyways, guys, have a great week and I'll talk to y'all soon.